Today on Fantasy OT, we're going to be discussing three receivers with value you need to be thinking about at the end of your draft. Starting things off at number three, Darius Slayton. Slayton is a guy that it's hard not to root for. Having almost been cut last offseason, taking a major pay cut, and surviving three coaching changes in his four years, he's come a long way. He was drafted in 2019 with Daniel Jones, and their connection has always been apparent. Whenever Jones is needed to take a chance downfield or is in a crunch, he seems to look Slayton's way, and I anticipate that continuing this year. I think Slayton has a pathway to weekly flex, if not low-end WR3 value, if he can overcome a couple of things. Number one is competition. This is the first time in a while the Giants actually have a somewhat healthy receiving room. They drafted Jalen Hyatt, who has a very similar skill set to Slayton. They signed Aaron Waller, who's going to take away some targets, and they get two players back from torn ACLs in Sterling Shepard and Wendell Robinson. The other thing that Slayton needs to overcome has been a struggle with drops. But all is not lost. I can totally see Slayton keeping his role. The Giants just gave him a two-year $12 million extension, and just last year, he posted the third-best yard per target average with 10.2. That's ahead of guys like Tyreek Hill. He's also averaged a healthy 15 yards per catch over his career. That's pretty good company to be in. And if he can mitigate some of those drop balls just a little bit, I think we'll see some positive regression in the touchdown area. He had eight touchdowns his rookie season, and then only seven collectively over the next three. That tells me he's due to score some more. I think what helps him the most ultimately is his strong connection with Jones. I think Jones will continue looking his way, and he should maintain his value throughout the course of the season especially coming off a new contract. Coming up at number two, DJ Chark. Chark won me over the second he started doing press conferences with a fake mustache on during Minshew Mania. The man clearly has a great sense of humor, but he's also been pretty productive when on the field. And that's the caveat. He hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout the course of his career, being in and out of the lineup and even missing the majority of one season. But when he has played, he's averaged a healthy 14.4 yards per catch, putting him in elite company especially for downfield threats. And even when he's been out of the lineup, what's great about Chark is that he's proven that he doesn't need much volume to produce. Just last year in Detroit, when he was playing behind guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Jamison Williams, Khalif Raymond, and even TJ Hawkinson before being traded, he showed that he can be productive with a meager 15% target share. And I think now in Carolina, he's due to see a major uptick in opportunities, especially with a young quarterback. Bryce Young will definitely rely on his veteran receiver. Given that Adam Thielen is basically washed at this stage of his career, Terrace Marshall still hasn't quite put it together, and Jonathan Mingo is a rookie still learning the ropes. So I think at the minimum, Chark will carve out a prominent role on this offense, posting weekly WR3 numbers, if not low-end WR2 numbers, in weeks with good game scripts. And that should be often, given that Carolina's probably going to be playing from behind more often than not. Up at number one, Nico Collins, the new number one receiver in Houston. With Brandon Cooks out of town, he leaves behind an average eight targets per game up for grabs. And I think Collins is going to be the main beneficiary. Collins is sharing a receiving room with guys like John Mechie, who was great in college, but really hasn't shown what he can do at the NFL level yet. Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz, all impressive in their own right, but I don't think they're going to be giving Collins a competition for targets anytime soon. The Texans are very much rebuilding and are going to need to take chances downfield to stay competitive in games. That feeds right into Collins' skill set. He's 6'4", big-bodied, and great at making contested catches. And even if the Texans do end up playing quarterback carousel a bit between Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud, I don't see it impacting Collins' productivity whatsoever. 
they're going to need big plays, and he really doesn't have too much competition at this point. So they're going to feed him as much as he can handle. Those are three receivers with value I think you should consider at the back end of your drafts. Please subscribe and leave your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you.